Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, um, truth, playing, fatigue, resolve. Truth, playing, fatigue, and resolve. And those are the concepts um, that are on me. I think fatigue is more of an emotion, but I can also treat it as a um, a concept. Fatigue and resolve are both feelings are in my body right now, but I'm going to treat them as a as concepts. Woke up uh, and got out of the bed with the thought of playing. Had a few streams of thought. And that's what actually motivated me to get out of the bed to come and talk to you this morning. It's a Sunday morning. But as I started mm, meditating on playing and what I possibly wanted to say, truth surfaced. And then I became curious about truth and um, went to the internet. was curious about which personality type is more drawn to truth. I was curious, is truth an INTJ dilemma? Like, is that what I should be really? Is Am I thinking about truth because I'm an INTJ? Or am I thinking about truth because of, you know, another reason? Is truth coming out of my cognitive orientation or is it coming from somewhere else? And so found a really interesting article that looked at that looks at what's in what's more important to each type than the than the person themselves would be. It was a really interesting article. It takes each of the sixteen personalities and says, What's more important to this type than himself? And then in this article were these amazing quotes. I was like, oh my God, I want to just do an an episode or a reflection on these quotes. Um, Just in case I forget to share this with you, it's coming from, all of this is coming from Psychology Junkie, just in case I forget um, to share the link. So that article has a lot in there because it does link truth to um, INTJ. But I had to dig for that. It primarily linked truth to the INTP, which is what I was suspecting. Then it made me think about the um, T T dominant folks, like in T T intuitive T intuitive dominant folks, such as INTP and the ENTJ. So I want to just tell you, there's a lot. And then, okay, another thing. Sorry, I'll give you one more thing. I have about 12 events that happened this week. 12, you guys. 12 events that could stand their own individual reflection. I can't possibly give you 12 reflections today. But they're on my on a piece of paper as events. So I don't know where this reflection is going to take me. I really don't know. So we're just going to say truth, play, fatigue, and resolve, and And see what happens, okay? If you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. 
The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean at the tenets of critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity on social constructs of power, such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and it is unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. I was chuckling in the middle there because I I still think about these, these these disclaimers and I'm like, what functions do they serve? Initially, I wanted people to know that there are different parts of me that I bring into a reflection, which is still true. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to, I don't have time to, definitely don't have time to fall into a rabbit hole about disclaimers because there's a lot. Um, there's a lot to talk about. So, um, I don't even know if I'm going to land here where my starting point is, but just for the, excuse my language, but just for shits and giggles, let's just say it one more time. Truth, play, fatigue, and resolve. I actually want to start with some of these quotes that as I was reading through this article, um, because I was curious about truth. And this article really, really got a lot in here to unpack. But I want to share a few um, quotes. What the writer does is the writer takes each um, personality type, talks about what's most, what's more important to that personality type than the person themselves. And then takes a quote and attach it to that per, that type. And some of these damn quotes are amazing. So I think I want to start there. And I think if I start there, it might help me find my way through those 12 events that I experienced this week. Because those are, those 12 events more than likely are influencing my thinking on truth, play, fatigue, and resolve. All right, you guys, I've been paused for about five minutes. I'm sorry. I had to go through each of those um, quotes um, for all 16 types because this are, these quotes were just so darn good. I was like, I'm not going to be able to ignore <laughs> them. So I went, I went through all 16, and 10 of them resonate with me. Um, but seven of them resonate to this mood I'm in this morning. So I want to go over the seven that relate to the mood. And then I'd love to have time to uh, reference the other three. Um, so the seven that uh, relate to the mood that I'm in are the, and in no particular order, it was just, I was scrolling up and down looking for things, so I just started writing them down. In no particular order, the ESFP, INTJ, INFJ, ENTJ, INTP, ISFP, ISTP. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Anybody listens to me calling off. These letters, they'll be like, what? I'll say it again. ESFP, INTJ, INFJ, ENTJ, INTP, ISFP, ISTP. And then the three that don't relate to the mood that I'm in, but I find this quote um, compelling. I in, um, 
INFP, ENTP, ESTJ. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't repeating those. I hope I'm not. Anyway, I mean, what what are you going to do? Um, so, I'm sorry I'm belaboring getting into the reflection. I usually do this when I really don't know how to start. I think that's what's happening. Uh, because I'm an INTJ, let's start with that, okay? So, according according to this article, the one thing that matters um, most, um, excuse me, matters so much to the INTJ more than themselves. This thing matters more to me than I I matter to myself would be understanding, and that is that resonates with me. Let me read the um, let me read the quote that's associated with it. Though, okay, all that was great in the past was ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed, only to emerge all the more powerfully, all the more triumphantly from the struggle. Nikola Tesla, who was an INTJ. Um, this is a quote uh, from Nikola Tesla. I'm going to read it again. All that was great in the past was ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed, only to emerge all the more powerfully, all the more triumphantly from the struggle. And there's something about this quote that's giving me some emotions right now. I didn't have it when I read it to myself, but as I read it out loud, um, tears are in my eyes. And so... Um, let me talk about the emotion that's coming up for me. Uh, I go through the world. Um, um, I have a really keen sense of seeing power. Um, I see power as a fundamental um, aspect in the world. I think that that's because of my uh, both my INTJ-ness and my eightness. Um, as eights, we um, don't want to be controlled, so power, we are sensitive to power. We don't want to be power over, power over, powered over. And oftentimes, particularly for an unhealthy eight, we will power over people. So, you know, the the term is a dog eat dog world. Like I'm going to eat you before you eat me. That is what an unhealthy eight would do. I'm going to power over you before you can power over me. But I spend a lot of time in my research and here's a way you can find me y'all. Um, and I've talked about this about two years ago and I don't often reference my research as I try to keep my work separate, but this is, this is one I can't, I can't distance myself from um, is power within. Um, and so I've spent a lot of time looking and studying what does it mean to be power with a person. And I believe that that's such a rare element. That's a rare aspect or that um, I end up um, suffering that, if you will, because it's a core is a core orientation for me to power with. Um, it's a core orientation intellectually because I've studied it. It is um, a core orientation spiritually because it's deep in my uh, soul. It's a deep belief that I hold. Um, and I think in, intellectually, um, I can see anything that impedes power with me. 
as I'm in the world. So what happens to me, and this is what I'm learning professionally and personally, and it's sad. Um, and it shouldn't be sad according to, according to this quote, or maybe it should, and I just need to get over it. But professionally, I am so um, primed to uh, promote a power with space as a leader, as a writer, as a teacher that the world doesn't want to power with. The world is primed to either power over or honestly, which is really, it's really odd. It took me so long to get this to power under. And you would think that the people who are, are in power under spaces, who are suffering from a power under space, would be so challenged by being power under that's not, let me change that. They are challenged about peeing power under. So they do all of this work, this struggling to come out of a power under space. And because they don't have a model for power within, they come out of power under, undering just to go into a power overing. And it's taken me a long time to understand that and to accept it. Because I've been in the trenches with people who have been power undered and I'm fighting with them. I'm laboring with them. And then I'm deeply, 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 deeply disheartened when they are, when they go into a power over space. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what we want to do. We don't want to come out of a power under space to power over. We want to come out of a power under space to power with. But here's the dilemma. They can't go into a power with space because the world around us doesn't want to power with. So in, in often, uh, in a lot of times, they've got a power over, which is not what I'm about. And so I think about this quote, all that was great in the past was ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed, because that's what is, that's what happens to me. I'm in a constant battle with people. Around power. Oh my God. I could just stay right here. And talk about this. Because the battle is. Trying to. Invalidate. My. My. Work. My maneuverings. My convictions with power within. They don't want it. People don't want it. So they don't want it. They they don't want it for a number of reasons. But where they where people try to get me is they try to intellectually battle that with me. You can't. And what I'm learning, then this is fascinating. This is something. Oh, I want to just stay here. People who try to intellectually, people who want to battle with me on power within, because they don't believe they don't want to do power within. So they try to say they don't want to do it. And because it's, you know, it has a moral component to it, right? Morally, well, why? Morally, why would you fight that? If you're a moral person, why would you fight power within? And so because you can't morally fight it, then you try to intellectually fight it. Well, you can't intellectually fight it with me because I'm academically trained to fight that. 
And then you can't intellectually fight it. So then you try to take me through, um, um, I'm going to curse again. You try to take me through an intellectual fuck fest. Honestly. Because you're trying to discredit it. And you're trying to distract me from it by having me look at all of these peripheral things. Because you can't intellectually, you cannot intellectually combat me on a power way thing. So then you have, you, you have me, you have me entertained or distracted by these other things. And this is what I have to work on. I've got to be keen. I've got to become more savvy to be more uh, just ready to understand when some, to be able to identify when somebody is playing with me, um, who's, they're trying to distract me because ultimately they can't intellectually go toe to toe with me about power with it. So they take me on this sideshow, this circus show. And because I don't know, and oftentimes, the circus is laced with rational thought. But it's only short-lived. There's only a certain bandwidth for the rational behavior. And it doesn't take me long for me to determine. it. Um, nope, this isn't about a rational argument. This is about an irrational emotion. But it's being um, covered. It's being um, encased. By a, um, is being encased by a rational argument. Because that's how you get my attention, right? You're not gonna ever really get my attention by an irrational argument. You wouldn't. I, I, I just don't entertain irrational arguments. I really don't. So people who come to know me, they've studied me, they know they've gotta to come to me with a rational argument. Okay, but check this out. When you have an irrational argument and you have to encase it in a rational argument, that rational argument is short-lived. That rational encasement, or excuse me, that rational casing is short-lived because what really is most important to you is the irrational argument within it. But I don't know that. That's something I got to work on. So I don't know that. So now you've appealed to me. With a rational argument, you take me through this circus, excuse me, the fuck fest, and then I get to a place I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. But now you've wasted my time and my energy, um, only for me to get to the place of discovery that this is really about an irrational emotion. So what I have to do is I have to become more savvy and more trained to, and here's what's coming to me. My late father said to me many times, Many times he said, told me, he told me, pause before you speak, before you act, when something comes at you, before you act on it to Jay, before you act on it. Of course, he didn't know uh, Myers-Briggs, so he didn't put it in the framework of the J, but that's what he was really saying. Before you act on that thing that's coming at you, pause, pause. My father even went so far to say, count to three, just count to three. And what he was, what I believe he was, and I, I valued when he said it, but I value it intensely right now. There's an intense value that I have of this advice. 
It's, it's, I need this. Pause. Count to three. I feel that I do it anyway. So I think it's a metaphorical count to three. And what the metaphorical count to three for me right now is saying, is saying to me, in that counting the three, ask, is this really a rational conversation or is it an irrational conversation? The pause is about measuring the depth of the rational argument. Somebody comes to me, they're presenting a rational argument. Pause. I, I'm going to pause anyway because I'm, I'm curious. I'm fascinated. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued just by phenomenon. I'm intrigued by phenomenon. But now I need to be... Okay. Oh, my God. A lot is coming to me right now. This is so good. This is really good for me. It's really good for me. Not good for you, but it's good for me. When I'm out and about with strangers, I am in an intuitive space. I don't act as Jay first. I act as an observer. And part of me, I'm pausing because I'm like, Ooh, what is that? Is that INTP? Is it ENFJ? Nope, that's not, it can't be INTP. It cannot be INTP. It would have to be ENF. Nope, nope, nope. It cannot be ENFJ. I'm sorry, you guys. Give me a second. It would then be ENTP or ENFP. There it is. So when I'm out... Interacting with strangers, I can look like an ENTP or an ENFP because what I'm doing is I'm sitting in my intuitive self. Now, I actually think I'm an INTJ when I'm doing it and I'm taking it all in. I'm observing the situation and I'm taking it all in. But the TE part of me that is auxiliary goes and pulls more to me. So I start TEing the person because I'm pulling and I'm pulling more. I'm observing and I'm pulling more out of that interaction to bring to me. So I start asking questions. I start analyzing with that person, critiquing. All of that is my desire to pull in. So in essence, to be honest, I am acting on the person. I'm acting on that person by questioning that person and di- directing them and taking them, taking them through an analytical process to whatever it is that thing, to whatever it is that they were bringing to me. I act on them analytically and I get more from them. And I, and because I'm trying to get more from them, I'm acting on them and all of that. So I think if I were really an ENTP and ENFP, I would just be sitting in there and just basking, basking and connecting whatever they were giving to me. And drawing from it. But no, I don't do that. I J them. So that I can observe and get more from them. That was that was a little rabbit hole. But that was an interesting distinction. I don't even know where I was at in my discussion. But anyway. So I'm, I'm going to pause with you as a stranger all the same. <sighs> the dilemma is when I'm in a space that becomes routine 
and familiar. So when I'm no longer talking to a stranger. Uh, something is coming up about my um, my sister. Something that's um, brewing. She's on my list as one of the 12 events. And so it was something about whatever I just said that just brought up the thing about my sister. And I'd love to just quickly share that with you and connect it to what I'm, I'm saying. But I, I would fall into a rabbit hole. But just if you heard me pausing for a second, that's because something was bubbling up for me. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Okay. And I think it's about this place of familiarity when people are used, they get used to me. And they get used to me and they never really, they, they get used to me, but they can never come into an INTJ space with me. They can't because they're not INTJs. So they can only connect to me through their four letters. But what I'm learning and it could be because of the J syndrome. And I did an episode about um, a year and a half ago called the J effect. And I don't know if I named it the J effect, but I talked about it. It was an episode right before, I believe, I talked about, there's an episode I called the Jack in the Box. And I was talking about my dad there. I believe it was the episode right before that. And I don't know what I named it, but I was talking, it may be called the J effect. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to get into that, but the J, the thing that the J does, right? And so when I J on J a person, when I'm with another J and we're J on Jing it, and it looks different based on uh, what other letters are attached. Um, but anyway, when people um, are around me and they cannot INTJ with me, they try to they try to give me what they think I want. Either the, and they try to J me or they try to come into a rational space. If they're not a rational person, they're never going to really do it. They're not, they're not going to give the depths to it, but they can mimic a thing well enough to distract me, to send me on a goose chase, to send me to circus town. Right. So that's what the pause has to be for now. When I'm in a space of familiarity or routine and people have studied me enough or experienced me enough and they're coming to me with rational thinking, I have to pause and, 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 and investigate, knock on that thing a little bit, investigate that thing. Is this really, really rational? Is this really a rational conversation or is this rational because the person has studied me and they think this is the best way to engage me because this is what they think I want um, or yeah, or they think this is the way that I they need to in, handle me, if you will. And I've been doing a little meditating on what does it mean to be handled or to handle someone. But anyway, so the pause where the metaphorical count to three the reason why I'm saying metaphorical count to three, because it really is going to take longer than me counting to three. But it is going to be a pause. This is the lesson that I'm going to take away from this reflection. If I don't get anything else, this is something that's really important. Because I get put on a goose chase. When people are around me long enough to study me, and then they know 
they just come to me and they try to mimic a rational argument because that's how you get my attention. But it's not really rational. It's sitting on top of a lot of irrationalness, if you will. And it's okay. That you do you, boo. If that's what you do, that's fine. But don't waste my time and try to make that irrational thing rational. Don't do that. And I need to be better. I need to be savvy and sophisticated and mature to be able to diagnose that faster. I don't want to go on a goose chase. Don't take me through circus, uh, a, a circus. Don't take me through crazy town to just discover that. I got to discover that sooner rather than later. So that was an interesting thing that came from the first part of that quote. I mean, let me go back to the quote. All that was great in the past was ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed, only to emerge all the more powerfully, all the more triumphantly with, from the struggle. So I don't really know how that lesson came from that quote, but it did. And I think what I started off with that quote was saying the thing that is, um, that comes from me. The great for me, all that was great in the past is, and the struggle is around power within. And it is going to be a struggle. It is a struggle. And it will struggle triumphantly. You know, Dr. King and Moses, I'm going to put those two together. They both said, I might not see it in my lifetime. Dr. King said, I've seen them. I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen, I don't even have that quote, right? But it's the, we all know that famous quote for Dr. Martin Luther King. I've been to the mountain, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. I may not go there with you. I'm going to cry y'all. It's been a tough week. It's been a really tough week. It's been a tough week. Oh my God. I didn't know this emotion was going to be in here. It's been a tough week. And that's what I hate about being tertiary FI. I didn't know it was been an emo- <laughs> I didn't know it was been an emotional week. I didn't know. <laughs> so I'm all in this intellectual space. <laughs> Talking about rational behavior. Here's the irrational here are the irrational tears. <laughs> I'm irrationally crying right now. <laughs> oh my God. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> It's been a tough week. Anyway, Dr. King says, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. And I may not get there, but it's going to come. And Moses said that too. Like, I'm not sure if the promise, I may be getting these, these two men confused. So you guys, if you look them up and I'm, confusing them please forgive me i know that they both speak about this i may miss i may be misquoting them because i think moses the character of the bible said that i gotta look it up it's bothering me hold on okay you guys thank you for letting me have just that wasn't even a minute that i had you on pause here's what i had to look it up it was really bothering me dr king quoted it I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. I don't know why this is making, I don't know why this is making me cry. <laughs> oh my God, that keeps making me cry. Oh my God. Oh Jesus. Um, and then under Moses, Moses, I don't think Moses quoted that to his followers. 
But he did see the promised land and God did not allow him to go there. And I'm wondering now that I'm putting these two men together, I wonder if I did a deeper study on Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. If that quote that he says about, um, I've been to the mountaintop, I've seen the promised land, I may not go there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as people will get there or get to the promised land. I wonder if that is based on his him being a minister and studying a theologian and studying the Bible. And I wonder if that's based on Moses seeing the promised land and not getting there. And that's that's the struggle. That is a, that is an NI struggle. Um that is a struggle. That is a struggle. I think that's what I'm dealing with today. And um, last, earlier in this week, uh, I was, you know, I do morning meditations. I meditate every morning. Um, and so I keep a list. 90% of the time, I'm going to write a list of my medit- what, I, what comes up for me when I'm meditating. I don't know what day it was, but I wrote something down that talked about the I and J. I wanted to do a reflection with you all called the I and J dilemma. And there was a lot of, there was a lot that was there. There are a lot of dilemmas associated with being an NI dom. A lot of dilemmas. And I want to, I want to like list some of them, but I would go off track and I don't want to go off track. But the one, what dilemma that's resonating for this particular uh, reflection, and I think it's the weepiness that's inside of me, is when you can see, when you see, when you can see, and although people can't see it yet, and yours, the vision that you see is so clear. It is so clear. It is so compelling. It holds, it it has a grip on you. It grips you. And I know we talk about grips in the Myers-Briggs community. We talk about grips as a bad thing as it relates to that inferior function. It's when we go into an an healthy place. And maybe, which which is something that's coming to me right now, maybe um, for the INTJ at least, I think they say this about the INFJ, that SE grip. Uh, you get into the SE grip because, and you start doing very unhealthy sensory behaviors. So you overindulge, right? You overindulge in food. You overindulge in sex. You overindulge in alcohol. You overindulge in shopping. You you overindulge in a sensory experience, Right? I don't know if enough people really talk about what would cause a sensory grip. But what I'm thinking right now is that what causes a sensory grip is the NI grip. That's what I think. That's what I wonder, at least. That when you see a thing and it's so clear and it's so compelling and it's not a damn thing you can do about it, it has a grip on you. You're stuck. What do you do with that? 
mentioned it earlier this morning, I was thinking about the INFJ and I was like, dang, what does the INFJ do when the, when they can see a vision and they can't do anything about it? And I started thinking do as in connecting versus analyzing. And so I'm, I'm curious about what causes the INFJ grip when the INFJ can see a thing and their FE doesn't serve them with people and they start trying to connect and all. I don't know. Because I think what happens is that you go through, you know, I think you go through the stack. <laughs> I keep, I keep wanting to cry. <laughs> It's crazy. I don't know what the hell is wrong. But let's just press on. You go through the stack. Just me seeing the stack. And I got like a, a clicker in my, I got an image in my head of like a, a clock. And the, like the long hand is clicking like, okay, the TE is not working. That auxiliary function is not working. I'm going to go to the tertiary. That's not working. Well, we're going to land here. This sensory, this SE. Then we're just going to get stuck here. <laughs> Let me go, uh, <laughs> let me go eat some carbs. Let me go have some chocolate cake or most people do ice cream. But when I'm, I have found that I love carbs, uh, donuts, pastries. Oh my God. So I can't solve this problem, but I can go eat a donut and let's put some whipped cream on top of it. Let's throw some chocolate chips. <laughs> let's have a carb fest. Because I can't solve the problem, but I sure as hell can make myself feel good. Anyway, um, and I'm just curious about the ticker for the INFJ. So they go, they see that vision, then they go FE, and if that doesn't work, then they go TI. And I think an INFJ is a, like, oh, there's some beast when they go into that TI. Oh, my God. When that auxiliary doesn't work for them, and they start TIing it. Oh, my God. Oh, you don't want to, I don't like being on a receiving end. When that, when an INFJ cannot FE me and then they try to TI, whoa, 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 whoa. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Out of all the, most times I see the INFJ is my sister, right? My sister, but I'm telling you, when y'all slip into that, when you can't FE me and you go to the TI, it's like a beast. We get into a real problem then. Um, we really have some problems there. But anyway. But that vision can have a, a a real a real a real grip a real grip on you and um, for me at least and and I think that's I think that's what causes the SE grip grip that was a rabbit hole but um, I think that was a necessary one so that's 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 what I'm contending with and according to this quote you can get ridiculed for that vision you suffer it you can. It's being ridiculed. It's being condemned. It's being, it's the combativeness. It's a war and it's suppression. It's all of that. And so I want to go back to what I started off when I said truth, play, fatigue, resolve. I think there's more for me to talk about, but I can, I can end this reflection right here because that is the truth. That is truth for me. What I see, that vision, it is true. The world may not understand power with it. The world may not see it. I did not know this. I did not know this is what I was suffering. 
This is what I'm suffering. This is what this week has been about. It is. I've suffered the vision. I've been suffering a vision this week. I did not know it. I did not know it until I hit this recording. And uh, this week has been a battle. There have been a lot of battles. It's not been one. It has not been one battle. The 12 events. And I, I think I'm just going to list the, the events. That just to list them. I talked to a, I've been in communication with an old friend that I cut out. I did a, I did an almost a door slam on that person. Didn't realize it was a door slam until I studied it this week. Cause you know, they talked about the INFJ door slam. I was like, I think I've done something like that. Let's look at the INTJ door slam, which there is literature out there about the INTJ door slam. It looks different. We slam the doors differently, but it, but it has a similar shared root. Anyway, I've been in uh, communication with her and we connected this week. I'm not going to unpack that. Then the person that I've been, that's dealing with cancer, um, there was just a, a very, very intense exchange. And there have been a lot of what's called microaggressions from that person. Um, and then I get caught in my head, like, is that person trying to be microaggressive? I think they are, but who am I to say, right? And then I'm still supposed to care for that person, not because I'm supposed to from the world, but I want to, right? My F-E, excuse me, damn it, my F-I, I'm compelled to care for that person. But it's been, it's been, it has been, I've been on the receiving end of some verbal assaults and some um, microaggressions. I had a really unfortunate exchange uh, again with my an assistant. And this time, uh, the first unfortunate exchange was impulsive. This one was measured and thought out, which makes it worse for me. But just had an experience with the, the, the karaoke people that run the show that on the surface is benign. It's petty, but I think when I've integrated it with these other events, it just was like, my sister, I've already mentioned that. I can't even unpack that. Um, my brother, which is an extension of the sister conversation. I had another old friend that I haven't, um, I haven't uh, door slammed. Uh, door, did I say ghosted? It, I meant to say door slammed if I didn't say it. I haven't door slammed that individual. I think that the person has door slammed me periodically. And I've just been standing on the other side of the door. Never, not not knocking on that door, not trying to get inside um, and not always standing at the door, but I've been on the other side of the door um, in uh, at different times. And so I had interaction with that individual this week, which requires unpacking. Um, a coworker, a counterpart, uh, there's a lot there. Um, I've been interviewing. I had several. I had. I may have had five interviews this week, you all. This week was an intense week. So I'm looking. I'm in the job market for next year. I had five interviews. Several of them were very leading, strong. So strong that I am now confronted. Uh, because of the fatigue that I feel and my views on playing and truth. 
oh my god i have to confront what i'm going to do with these job um i don't i think i think i'm moving into some kind of sabotage because those interviews were so strong there's a part of me that fears that i'm going to be offered a position and i don't want to be offered a position based on a play that i'm doing oh god i want to linger here i can't I can't. So I did. I watched a a, a a Frank Chains video this week on INFJ teacher. So much of that I resonated with as an INTJ. Uh, that was funny, and I'd love to unpack that. That's connect influencing me. And I think I told you guys I bought a car. Um, and so there's all kinds, all kinds of stuff that is, that, that's, that, so all kinds of reflections, intuitions, uh, that that car has brought me. So each of these 12 things have brought some, uh, intuitions. A lot. A lot. And, uh, and it's seeing and, and, uh, uh, these intuitions have also challenged me on, uh, my, my FI. It's challenged me in my FI. Um, you know, because that those in, introverted intuition is introverted. And so that other, uh, inner internal function is activated. And so the FI. So it's been an intense week. And I've, I think what the tears are about is that, um, a lot of that, a lot of those events have been about being ridiculed, condemned, being in a battle and choosing to suppress a lot of my seeing it. Like I can see a thing and to suppress, to suppress the thing that I'm seeing. Which is suffering. You have to, when you suppress, when you have to suppress the thing that you see, you suffer it. And that's when you start, that's when the grip happens. Because prior to suppressing it, you, the ticker is going through the auxiliary function tertiary function and then you get to that SE um which isn't your jam isn't your strength you cannot you cannot SE well first of all SE isn't really um it's not a judging function anyway uh, so the judging functions are challenged and then you you SE it and then you hit the grip uh, I could just call this reflection the grip because that's that's kind of what's happened so anyway Oh, I'm going to read this quote one more time and then I think I'm going to move on because I really have fleshed it out. All that was great in the past was ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed, only to emerge all the more powerfully, all the more triumphantly from the struggle. And I think that's the second half of that second half is also emotional for me. So whereas the first half really speaks to the week that I had uh, about the vision that I have and how I function. I function in the promised land. I function according to the shared power. Power within. I'm pursuing it. I'm fighting for it. I, I treat it as a truth. And like I said, I'm jaying that. And I can academically... Um, so when people fight back on that, um, 
and they want to go in my profession as an academic. So there's a lot of, um, ah, I want to say academia that comes out in my work, right? What does research say? What is best practice? What theory is this? And if you need to go there, I'll go there with you. And that's when people get upset. Then they start doing this. Then they get irrational. Because they're upset. Because they don't want to power with. They get irrational. They can't irrational. They know that uh, you can't get on my stage. You cannot get on my stage and you can't get in my front seat with irrational behavior. So then they take that irrational behavior and they encase it in something rational. It's a distraction. It's not about what we're talking about. It's about something else. And because I'm naive, and this is something I got to grow in, you give me something irrational and I'm entertaining it because I like rational thinking only to find out it was really about something irrational because of the thing that I'm trying to do with power with thing. And so there is a promised land. We're going to get there. I may not see it, but I sure as hell am suffering it. I'm suffering it and Well, I mean, there's nowhere to go but to stay the course. And I am going to stay the course. That is my truth. Looks like I'm about to wrap up. I didn't want to wrap up, but it looks like, gosh, this looks like the perfect place to wrap up. That is my truth. And I'm tired. It it, it is a fatigue. It causes a fatigue. It is a struggle. And I'm playing. And I think because of my need to survive in the world, I have to play. I have to play in the world according to the world's set of rules. According to the world's set of uh, truths and reality. And I think, and this is, I am not going to end here because there are a couple other quotes I do want to share with you. But bef- I don't know which quote it is, but the, the thing, the other thing that's been on me all week is you're playing so much. You're forgetting what's true for you. You're playing so much. You're, you're fooling yourself. Let me go to some other quotes before I close. Hold on a second. So that was the INTJ quote. I'm going to go to the INT. Because that that was what led me to this article uh, on truth. Apparently, uh, tr- uh, INTPs will ser- uh, search for truth more than they will. They care more about truth than they care about themselves. Um, and so the quote that's associated with this one is, I'm going to read it now. Quote, above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and lie and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him and so loses all respect for himself and for others. And having no respect, he ceases to love. I'm going to mess up this name. Um, I think it's German. I don't know. Uh, Theodore 
Javesky, Javesky, Fyodor Javesky, F-I-F-Y-O-D-O-R-D-O-S-T-O-E-V-S-K-Y. I'll spell that last name again. D-O-S-T-O-E-V-S-K-Y. Okay. Um, above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him and so loses all respect for himself and for others. And having no respect, he ceases to love, end quote. Um, and that is what, that's what I was looking for this morning when I thought about play. One of the things I wrote down in my meditation before I talked to you all is it. Um, I, there are three things I wrote down when playing no longer works. I don't want to play anymore. And the third thing I wrote when playing ain't playing, I'm playing so much. It's not playing anymore. And I think that was resonating. That came through for me this week in those interviews. In, in this person that I'm experiencing these microaggressions with. In these real, these spaces that I've been in. So our family all went to do a, uh, we did, um, uh, uh, we did an event around, uh, a fundraising event around, um, the illness, um, and, um, I was really proud. I was really proud of, of how our family came together and it's more than likely going to be a, a new family tradition. I'm really proud of that. I found myself because it's a, it's a larger event. I found myself immediately separating myself from the family and walking off to talk with strangers. <laughs> um, Did I, I wanted to learn more about that event. Um, I wanted to learn more about the people who were there. Um, because I'm going through something, I'm going, and I love that this event not only talked about the person that's going through it, but the caregivers. And, and I know this, and I'm not going to cry about this. I don't think I'm going to cry about it. Although it's tough, I don't think this is what... I understand this this dilemma, and so it doesn't really make me cry. It's sad, um, but it doesn't make me cry. I don't think it does. Uh, I'm a caregiver, but I'm not going to get recognized as a caregiver for this person because of the family trauma stuff. I'm not going to get recognized. And as a matter of fact, this person is recognizing my sister. <laughs> my sister is being uplifted. And the Facebook posts. When we are in the doctor's room, in the doctor's office. And and you could just see me. I'm doing really good. I'm very, very proud of myself, by the way. I'm really proud. The younger me would have fought for that. Hey. What about me? And I've done it a couple of times, but not in the same spirit. I will, I have given visit. I've done it intellectually. Hey, what about, hey, let's just say, you're not going to ignore me while I'm in here. 
I'm not crying about it. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to ask you why you're ignoring me. See, the younger me would have gone into a, a back and forth and like a, I would have been very emotional about why are you ignoring me like this? Why are you ignoring who I am to you or what I'm doing? Why would you do that? But the mature me knows why already. I've already suffered that question. I've interrogated. I've suffered it. I know it already. So I don't have the why to it. I don't need. And what did they? One of the one of the things they said about the INTJ in this article. I'm going to go back to it. Uh, INTJs above all want understanding. Above all things, they want understanding. And honestly, you guys, that is when I suffer. Uh, that's when I like. Like I get into an irrational, I can become, un, I don't mean to be offensive, but I can become manic because if it doesn't, if it's not making sense, I have to, it has to make sense. And, um, I'm going to read that. I'm going to back to the INTJ for the, according to this article from the personality junkie quote for the, I forget the quote for the INTJ, nothing is worse. Nothing is worse than limits imposed upon the mind. A life without questions, mysteries, and the freedom to pursue truth is not a life worth living. INTJs see themselves as the detectives of the world. They are always trying to see how things connect, to understand the whys of the universe, and peel back the layers of complexity to get to the heart of the matter. They are driven by an insatiable curiosity and desire to understand the truths that often others take for granted or ignore. To the INTJ, there is no greater joy than understanding something that others have not grasped. And that just makes me think about how I untangled myself from my family yesterday and I began to move about and like, okay, does that make me look like I am an extrovert and intuitive? Because I'm trying to pursue people, but I'm trying to learn, Right. Oh my gosh, that is so true. And so because of this phenomenon, this type of experience that I've had with this individual, um, just for a long, 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 long time, I've already investigated what's at the heart of that. I'm no longer curious about it. I It pains me sometimes. I suffer it sometimes, but I'm no longer curious about it. And one of the reasons why I won't come forward and just tell you who the person is, although you're smart, because I attract smart people, hopefully. You know who I'm talking about, but I will not say it. The reason why I won't say it is because it would then be a contest of truth. So as long as I don't give that person's identity, then it's about my truth. The moment I name that person, then it's about, oh, it's a combat. It's a, it's a battle of truths, my person versus that person. Because I hold very little capital in the family because of the family trauma, that person's truth is going to override my truth. And what I told myself this week, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Even if I go down as being wrong, which I'm not. But even if I have to go down being wrong, I am not going to divorce myself from that truth. What is, I'm going to go back to that quote for the INTJ. It might be ridiculed, condemned, condemned, combated, suppressed. It's going to emerge. And what's more than likely going to happen, because I've watched it emerge. I've watched it insultingly, if you will, because the person that has done the thing to me will then teach me about when it, ha does, when it happens to someone else. And then 
that person becomes an advocate for other people. That person becomes an advocate for other people that's experiencing the thing that I'm experiencing with that person. It's so fascinating. I'm going to curse. So please fast forward if you got kids around. It's a fascinating fuck fest. And the reason why I have to say that word, I have to say it because there is no other way of describing that. And we're old. We're in an hour. And I, I really want to keep going. Uh, I want to keep going. So. You guys, um, I just have to linger here a little bit. So please push. If you have something to do, you, you've you maxed out on me for an hour. <laughs> just pause. Um, because, um, or don't. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to linger here. Because I've learned that. And... When this person got diagnosed with this illness, I made a choice. I made a conscious and smart choice. Mm, not ready to say smart, but it was, when I say smart, it was rational. Well, I want to, maybe it wasn't rational, but in my mind, I attempt to make it rational, right? Because what is not going to happen is I'm not going to live in guilt because the FI is real for me. It's not dominant, but it's real. And I'm going to do the best that I possibly can with this individual. Because those are my convictions. And I love this person. I love this person as a as a person who this person is to me. And I love this person as a human being. And no human should have to go through this illness. It's dehumanizing. It is Hard to watch. And I have not even talked about to you all about the impacts of chemo. We've been doing chemo for about three months now. And it has taken a toll on the person's body. All for the sake of getting rid of the cancer. So to attack the cancer, you have to attack the whole body. And it's visible. And it's painful to look at. But what's more painful is to go through it. So I don't, I try to keep the pain of watching that at bay because watching that person go through it, you know, and I watched my dad go through it. I didn't get a front row seat to this because my, my dad kept me from it. And now I understand. I understand why he kept me from it. My father was a strong, proud man. And he didn't want me to see that. He didn't want me to see how that can, that uh, chemo and the cancer attacked his body. And the last time I saw my dad, he was very angry because he didn't want me to see him. And I insisted on seeing him. And I'm like, whether I see you like this now, or I don't mean to be morbid, or I see you in a casket, I'm going to see that your body is not the same as it was. But he was a proud man. And that's why I say, cremate me. I've already said I don't want an open casket. I don't care what happens. I don't want an open casket. That's not me. 
That's not me. That's not me there. Put my poems up. Put my writings up. Play my ridiculous podcast episodes. But don't. No. But anyway, I derailed this particular person. You know, I get to see more of it. Where my dad tried to keep me from seeing it. This person isn't doing that. At least not now. And so it is painful to watch, but I keep my, I tell myself it's more painful to go through it. And so, um, my convictions about power within, about being human and being, um, are those, I'm, I'm FI, I'm an FI user. It's there. It's not top, but I'm an FI user. And so I'm going to do that even when that person in, in erases me acknowledges my sister will not acknowledge me I won't say will not that person put a post up on Facebook and acknowledged my sister's relationship to the individual acknowledged my niece's relationship to the individual and threw me in I got th- I got tossed in that post as the very last. It said also with, and then listed my name, but didn't name my relationship. Now, am I being sensitive, right? Am I in my feelings and am I being sensitive? Okay. So I was going to post in the response, for the record, this is my relationship to the person. Everybody else's relationship got mentioned or identified. Mine didn't. So... That person forgot to mention my relationship to that individual. So here, I'm going to tell you what it is. But I didn't want that to be misconstrued or weaponized later. So I didn't do it. But I texted that in a small thread. Hey, can you go back and fix that thread? Can you fix that post? And when I texted it, my sister laughed, used like five laughing emojis. I'm like, that's not funny. What are you laughing for? And then she said, I knew you were going to say that. I told that individual to fix it right away. Which is odd. That's that's loaded. That's loaded. That's loaded that my sister would know it. That's loaded that my sister would laugh about it. And it's loaded that my sister would advocate for it to change it. And it's loaded that it was, the post was not changed. So when I'm around, I'm okay with saying, Hey, you're not going to erase me. You're not going to, I'm not going to be in my feelings about it. I'm going to treat that as a matter of fact situation. You're not going to erase me. But I think, you know, I think all of that takes a some toll on you. You know, when you're suppressing it for so long, you're playing the game for so long. You play the game for so long, you realize you've erased your damn self. So going back to, now I am going to start closing here. Um, going back to the event from yesterday, I'm in this space where all of my family and I got even some, one of my childhood friends there and this is fascinating. That childhood friend is no, wasn't there It was complicated. 
Ugh, it was a complicated situation. That childhood friend that showed up was, was my friend. Okay, from first grade on. Showed up. I didn't, didn't know that that person was invited, let alone was going to be there. So when the person saw me and I was like, and then she told people, it was like, she didn't even know who I was. No, I didn't know who you were because I haven't seen, I didn't, I've, I'm not, I didn't know I didn't know who you were. And I didn't know you were coming. <laughs> so then I was, I felt some kind of way like, well, then you're not here for me. You're here for this individual. That's fine. Matter of fact, that's fine. But then nobody else knew the person. So she was standing off to the side. So I had a, I had a moral dilemma. And I was like, the the right thing went out. I ended up, you know, you see somebody standing off to the side, you know, and I, I, I have empathy. So I know other INTJs like, I don't care about stuff like that. You're lying. You're lying. Anyway, we, we won't go into that rabbit hole. I brought the individual in and we did. She and I talked the whole time. It was really nice. It was a really nice exchange. But I had to choose what I was going to do with that situation. Well, when we were all departing and saying our goodbyes, um, my individual person that is uh, dealing with the illness was talking to my friend. It was like, Thank you. I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need to be encouraged. I'm going to need to be reminded. I'm going to need companion. And so this is all an act of bringing that person to them. See, I've had to have this conversation many times. There has to be healthy boundaries between my people and your people. See, this individual and, and their people, this individual keeps those people from me. And those people, because of how this works, it works. I've been kept out of invitations because this person has not wanted me to be invited. More than once, I've been kept out of invitations. I have been erased from the family structure because in this person's mind, I don't know how I am erased from this person's mind. I don't know if, if I'm really, I don't know if they just forget me. Or if this is an intentional erasing, I don't know. Um, that's going to send me into a trauma conversation. I don't, I don't really want to turn this episode into a trauma conversation, but it, it, it happens. But the people that I bring into my life, they're not going to do that to that individual because it's just, you don't do that. So I've had to have this conversation like my people shouldn't become your people. They can love you. They can have a relationship with you. As an extension of me. But you develop a relationship with them. And then you erase me. That's the same. That's the same situation with this girl. I had to door slam. An old friend of mine. Now we're talking. That's almost the same phenomenon. And all of this is rooted. All of this is rooted in how I've navigated trauma. Unconsciously. And now I'm navigating it consciously. And all of that. And I'm going to be done with it but it is it is exhausting it is exhausting and it is real it is real it is okay and I don't cry about that I don't cry about it not consciously I don't until you know what I mean like the sum total hits me and uh and so I think that there is uh you know I was sitting in that space and I uh you know we all went out to eat and I'm looking around the room and the girl 
everybody in that room, their family. I don't have a relationship with them. That somehow my relationship to them is now through this person. It was not always like that. When my grandmother was alive, I had an authentic relationship with people. I don't have that relationship with people now. It's all channeled through this person. And it's, it's, it's very artful. It's very creative. So the way that that individual positions themselves and then me is they center themselves. So when an event happens, they'll go, Oh, there's a, we're, we're going, we're having a party for so and so. Tell, tell your NI Dom. Because a person has centered themselves, then people will give the message and then say, send it to me. But I never get it. I never get the message. And then I'm, I don't go. I don't, when my grandfather died, like this is, I worked so hard to support this individual when my grandfather passed. And we ordered, we ordered additional um, limousines. So, you know, they take the family, they pick the family up from the house and take it to the cemetery, you know, to the funeral. And then you go to the cemetery and in the limousine and all the kids and the grandkids were there. I got left behind. We were all were supposed to meet up at a, we were all supposed to meet up at, um, we all were supposed to meet up at a particular, at the house. And when I got there, they were all gone. <laughs> they were gone. After everybody just left me. You didn't know I wasn't in the car. You didn't know I was there. You did not know I was not there. So then when I asked other, I, did, I dare not ask that individual who was responsible for it, was in charge, by the way, this, my person. My individual person was responsible for all of it, was the facilitator of everything, all the, the, the whole arrangements. I already knew what happened. But when I asked other family members, I'm like, yo, you didn't tell that individual that I wasn't in the car? And several people said, we did say it. That's maneuvering you all. That's the history. That's the intergenerational trauma. So because I have chosen to stay in that space, I have chosen to play this game. It's not okay. It's taxing for the spirit. But it's become so, I've become, you know, and I think as an INTJ, it's easier for me. It's easy for me to play that because it's mind over matter. I just distance myself from those emotions. And then it's a place that you're not playing anymore. That's what hit me yesterday. This isn't your reality. So you've played this so much. You've played this so well that the people in the family think that this is the role you want to have in the family. It's not the role I want to have in that family. It's not the role I want at all. But I've been complicit in the suppression. What did the quote say? It says, ridiculed, condemned, combated, suppressed. So I got to stop playing. And this is the last thing I promise. These jobs, 
And even though I've gotten a, you know, I've been really in a good space about spirituality, leadership, and money. I've been in a really good place, you all. So much. It is really lingering. Now, I also know that I am not in a position to stop being bivocational. At least not this year. But I am, I am now consciously and I'm prioritizing switching. So right now, my strategy for being bivocational um, is doing employment. So being bivocational means being employed and being entrepreneurial. Right now, that that configuration is more employment, primary employment, secondary and uh, entrepreneurial. I'm gonna my my objective and my goal is by 55 in three years for me to be primary entrepreneurial, secondary employment, if at all. And that I have to. I don't know if this project is going to be going for the next three years, but that is priority for me now. I'm not in a position I wish I were. I wish I were in a position on like no more employment. It's just too much. It's just too much playing. It's too much suppressing. It's too much, what's the, what are those words? It's too much uh, being ridiculed, combating for the vision, for the shared power vision. It's too much. It's just too much. But I'm not in a position to, to shut it down. So I'm, in, I'm interviewing. And you know, already know, I'm like, I'm not going to, I can't not do leadership, right? But what I'm learning about this leadership inside of employment, it's not a fit. Because my leadership is based on my vision. And I'm going to suffer it. So what I have to do now is I have to embrace. I could at least. I have to uh, anticipate the suffering. I got to strategize for the suffering. I got to anticipate it. I got to have some escape rooms. I just got to strategize for it. And I don't think I've done that so far. I thought it was all about properly positioning myself. If I just get the right leadership position, I won't suffer. That's not true. I'm going to suffer it no matter what. So now I have to have some strategies for the suffering. Because what I can do is say I'm not going to do leadership. And I think I'm going to suffer. I'm going to still suffer and then I won't have the revenue. I won't have the income and I won't have the control of my body. If I go back into the classroom, which is what I, which I keep romanticizing, I'm just going to go back into the classroom and teach, which I would love because I'm interacting with kids, but I would be limited to a room in a building. And as a school leader in leadership, I get to move about. I have more jurisdiction over my body. I can move about. And even though I'm going to suffer, I can suffer and I can have more control over my body and I have more revenue, more income. And so I'm choosing to still apply for leadership positions, although I am pretty much done doing leadership inside of the system. So now it's not even a matter of, I'm not idealizing, romanticizing, pretending that I'm going to be able to have just the right leadership position. Nope. Any leadership position I'm going to suffer. That's why I think about closing this project. You don't want to keep hearing me talk about suffering as a leader. And you don't want to keep hearing me talk about it. Because I clearly don't want to keep talking about it. But it's going to happen. Because I'm going to be in the leadership position. 
Um, I should say I'm going to be, I'm not going to say that. I'm going after leadership positions for employment. I will not apply for any other jobs. I've resolved I'm not applying for any other jobs. And I'm going to suffer there. So you guys remember when I got this job that I have now and I was like, okay, it's so yummy. And I'm like, going to wait for the shoe to drop. And oh my God, when I, and I'm like, it's day, it's day 90 and things are still great. Mm-mm. I'm not doing that. My next leadership position, even if I don't see the shitty, it's there. I'm going to have to have a different strategy because I, I, I was naive. I was naive. I don't even know how I'm going to go back and listen to those episodes back in August, September, and October. I was like, oh, this is so young. Oh, my God. It's okay. Because this was, this assignment was so necessary. I had freedom of my body still. I got the money that I wanted. Um, I got paid the most I've ever paid in my, I got paid the most I've ever been paid in my life. And the positions I'm going after next year, they're even more. I'm going after it. And I've got a plan for my, to switch, to invert. Instead of being employment top, entrepreneur second, I got a plan for flipping that. And I'm going to invest. I'm going to take that money and invest in it. You guys can mark my word on this. You can mark it. Write it down. Put it on the calendar. You can mark my word. It's going to happen. So, and I think that I am saying this. I am closing. I think all of this was just good for me to talk through. It was so good. I'm sorry it was long. It was such a long week, such an intense week with those 12 events. But all of it related to me uh, playing for survival so much playing so much where I was um, being disconnected from my truth and at the same time um, let me say it this way There's a, there was a playing where I was consciously being disconnected from my truth so much where I'm consciously starting to be confused and then there was an unconscious persisting and persevering in my truth it was interesting it was an interesting week um, and so what I'm going to take away from this reflection is being consciously reminded of my truth. I'm going to do my damnedest to stop playing. I, um, I, I've been wanting to get into investing for a long time. And so it's, if, if you look at any of my list of my goals, investing is on there. I got it's on, and today I downloaded my. Um, that's not, I didn't download it yet. I found my first investment app that I'm actually gonna download, and I was like, "Why are you doing this now? What is it about now that you're doing? And you've been, it's been on your list for at least three years. What's going on in your life where you can really do investment now? And I can tell you, there are some other things that needed to be put in place. Maybe not for someone else, but for me, unconsciously. And those things are in place. And I think that there are things in place now for me to stop playing. One of the interviews that I had, I usually when I'm interviewing, I shut down all my websites. Well, I opened up one of my core, not my core. 
One I don't think about. One you don't even know about. There's one that's central. So when you get to this website, it connects you to my all my other ones. I usually shut that one down. I activated that one. So one of the one people one one of my interviewers, I talked to them on Wednesday, really excited about. And then they called me on Friday and said, hey, can I talk to you again? Hey, I was on your website. I was looking around and I got exposed to your other websites. And we're, I got a couple of questions. I'm not, you're still our top candidate, but I got us, I'm, I'm, there are going to be some questions that are going to come up from what, from what I've learned about you. And she had two questions and I stood in my truth. When she asked me those questions, a year ago, two years ago, I would have played in the answers. She asked me a very, two very direct questions about what she found out about the entrepreneurial me. First of all, two years ago, that my, that website would have been shut down. It wasn't. And, and, and the question that I was, that I would have been trying to avoid two years ago came to me. And when she asked me those two questions, I stood in it. And I gave an answer and everybody I told, they were like, wow, that was a great answer. You know, they kind of had like with reservation, like I said, yeah. And if I don't get it, like I'm preparing to be a sub, I'm preparing to substitute teach next year just so that I can stay in my truth. If I get that job, it's because I stood in my truth. I'm not playing to get another leadership position. I won't do that. I'm going after the leadership positions. That's a breakthrough. But I will not. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to play the game. You will get me in my truth. I'll negotiate it. But I will not play. I will not play in it. I'm resolved to do that with work. And I'm resolved to do that with family. And I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I've been playing for so long, y'all, that coming out of that 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 hardship confused me. I think that's what the card symbolizes for me. So there's a lot I didn't say. I didn't give you any more of those quotes, but go check them out. The ENF, the ESFP, INTJ, INFJ, ENTJ, INTP, ISFP. ISTP, all of those quotes really resonated with me from that article. I'm not playing anymore. I'm not playing. Truth, play, fatigue, and resolve. That's the resolve. I'm not playing anymore. I'm not playing. I'm not playing anymore. You guys, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I'm so dedicated to saying I'm not playing. I'm not playing anymore. I was about to close this episode. I'm not playing anymore. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about truth, play, fatigue, resolve resonates with you in any sort of way, we talked about, we definitely talked about trauma. We talked about illness. We talked a little bit about entrepreneurship and employment. We talked about being a visionary. We talked about the promised land. And that visionary is being suppressed. We talked about the grip. If any of this, excuse me, I was 
and standing up. If any of this relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share with those participants. If my moving about caused some randomness from you, uh, in you, I would love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, Twitter, yournidom1, Facebook and YouTube, yournidom. Let me give you your assignment. I don't know how this is going to go, but let me pause and find an assignment for you. You guys, I want to just say I just came off a pause. I was paused maybe 20 seconds. It didn't take long. But what came to me, one thing that came to me right quick, I want to share with you all. All of these episodes, even though it sounds like I'm on repeat, all of these episodes, I'm growing in them. I'm growing. I'm maturing. I am. I hope you can see it. I can see it. I can feel it, okay? And I, I always say I thank you for being an outlet for me to do this kind of growth work. I really do appreciate it. So your homework assignment. Sometimes in life we have to play. For whatever reason, as a parent, you don't always get a chance to be in your truth there because you have to sacrifice yourself for your kids. Or in your leadership positions, you have to sacrifice the self sometimes. But I'm asking you in this assignment, what are you playing with? What are you playing in? Where are you playing in your life? So much you probably don't even know you're playing. You probably don't even know you're playing. What would happen if you stop? First of all, identify it. What would happen if you stop? Identify the play. And then entertain what would happen if you stopped playing. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.